On the tip of my tongue. This is a sound catalog. It accompanies the exhibition On the Tip of My Tongue 2013 by Magazine 3, the Contemporary Art Museum in Stockholm. Welcome to this third chapter of the sound catalogue to the exhibition On the Tip of My Tongue. My name is Richard Julen. I'm Deputy Director and Chief Curator at Magazine 3. And I'm Tessa Prown, Curator at Magazine 3. The Tip of My Tongue is a series of events and unique projects that we've uh, created. And uh, our aim has been to work with an exhibition that is dissolved in time and space. Um, this uh, idea has its origin in many conversations that you and I, Tess, have had over this uh, last entire year. And uh, they have started after we encountered one work of art that is called Untilled by the French artist Pierre Huyghe at the Documenta in Germany last summer. Much more about that in an earlier chapter of this sound catalogue that we uh, released earlier this year for those interested. Uh, but all these conversations have uh, resulted in this project and uh, we uh, feel that there's a new direction within art, uh, one that is moving towards a fragmented and non-linear storytelling. And we have been uh, continuing to uh, develop this uh, in this project. Uh, in this chapter, Miranda July is talking to one of the participants in her project, We Think Alone, that she created specifically for Magazine 3 and the exhibition On the Tip of My Tongue. Miranda July is a filmmaker, artist and writer, and she wrote, directed and starred in the film Me and You and Everyone We Know that was released in 2005 and uh, also in the film The Future that was released in 2011. Uh, Miranda July's art has been presented at the Museum of Modern Art, at the Guggenheim Museum, and in two Whitney Biannuals in New York. And she is represented in the collection of the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art uh, with a website that is called Learning to Love You More. Miranda, July's project, We Think Alone, uh, started on July 1st, and uh, it exists in the form of emails that are sent out every Monday through the 11th of November 2013. And for this, Miranda asked 10 people that she either knows very well or people that she would like to know to send her 20 emails each from their sent items folders. Um, and according to a list of themes that Miranda had chosen. And uh, the rule was that the selected emails had to be written prior to the participants' knowledge of this project. Those who have signed up on the site wethinkalone.com, they receive every Monday an email, a compendium uh, consisting of these 10 people's chosen emails relating each week to a specific theme, such as advice, uh, fear, art, or an email mentioning Barack Obama, or an email including a song. And the participants in her project are Karim Abdul-Jabbar, Lena Dunham, Kirsten Dunst, Sheila Hetty, Edgar Kerrett, Kate and Laura Malivi, Catherine Opie, Lee Smolen, and Jan Vo. Without a doubt, um, some of these names will sound familiar uh, to a lot of people and uh, there's a point to that of course uh, the project is situated somewhere between the very private 
and the very public. And there's a certain tension created there uh, with certain people that one knows from a public uh, image to reading these very private uh, letters that they are sending out. Uh, as you receive more and more of these emails in the project, we think alone. It becomes more and more a series of portraits of the people that you read these messages from. And beyond just these people and perhaps the curiosity you might have uh, to get an insight into their lives, there's an overall look at communication as a whole in society and how we talk to each other every day in this fleeting media of email. This is a fragmented artwork and it only exists in the inboxes of those who've signed up to receive it and no other archive has been made of it. So we will now hear Miranda talking to Sheila Hitty, a Canadian writer whose most recent book, How Should a Person Be?, has been called among the most talked about books of 2012. And for this chapter, we felt it was really important to have both the voice of Miranda July as the artist behind the project, but also the voice of one of the participants. The two of them spoke over Skype about the project in the summer of 2013. Okay. It's working? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm interviewing you or we're having a conversation about this? We're having a conversation. Well, I have like, you know, three very basic questions. Um, okay. But we can do it really conversationally. That's okay. Um, first, what were you picturing? Who were you picturing you were sharing these with? You. <laughs> which, was, <laughs> which was maybe kind of startling than when you sent the first one out. And Well, actually, what was startling was when you told me that you had 50,000 people sign up maybe a few weeks before the project launched. And I was like, oh, my God, I didn't think about sharing it with 50,000 people. I thought about what, what email would you like or what email would give Miranda the most pleasure or would be the most interesting for you. Right. Um, so that's who I was – That's that was the audience that I had in mind. Right. Mm. And I did have, like, a natural modesty. That was, like, the outer world, but that was about it. Right. Right, a little more modesty than you would have if it, it was, was just, just me. Yeah, because we're not um, we're not that modest. No, and so the funnest part was also at the same time the hardest part, which was seeing what I was like because I was trying to go back pretty far. Um, I went back to my old Gmail account, not the one that I currently use. So uh -huh. the old one stopped at the beginning of two thousand and ten. And I was sort of horrified at how little awareness I had of what was going on in various social interactions I was having with people. Right. I saw so many ways that I thought that I'd been hard done by, whereas in fact I'd been the aggressor or right. the one who was deluded. Um, or like unreasonably hostile when the other person was being really reasonable so I remembered how I felt but looking back on it for years I saw that I was usually wrong in most situations right hold on I'm going to record this also with my phone just to be safe okay um and I 
felt relieved that I wasn't dating anymore. <laughs> oh, right. So I didn't like seeing the way that the what my relationship was with those different men that I would come across emails to and from. Right. And I imagine most stuff you couldn't share. Like, was it pretty hard to find one sometimes? Or it was hard to whittle it down to one? No, I didn't find it hard to find them, and I didn't find it hard to whittle it down. I've saved, I just by default save all my emails, so there were so right. many. It was fun to think, like, how do you search for an email that is an apology? Because to you can't just search, I'm sorry, because a person writes that ten times a day. Right, right, anything, yeah. You know? Right. You're just, you didn't get your you know, whatever. I'm sorry you didn't get your magazine yet or something. Like, that's not an apology. <laughs> right. So it's interesting to try to remember, like, what were the altercations that I had with people or I'd search for words like ashamed. Right. You know? Right, yeah. Um, do you, do you want to ask me anything? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what was the most surprising thing that, like, do you, th- like, when you read all of those emails that everyone sent you, did it, was your vision of the project different from what you realized it would be once you got the emails? Like, how did your right. vision of the, um, or what it was about, did the meaning of it change for you? Yeah, God, it's, it's changed so many times now that it's, um, in public um and it even keeps changing each week um I'm trying to remember I mean uh you know it's funny I actually was quite focused on the visual parts of it um before I hit upon this idea I had an idea that was about getting people to take like a picture of every piece of art in their house, um, you know, things that would be art-like because this was for a art museum. <laughs> um, and I do often start out kind of very literal. Um, and, uh, and so I was pick- trying to think of like different people to invite to share the art that they had. And like maybe each, maybe it'd be 20 people and for each week they would share the art. So, um, then when I began to realize, like, oh, 20 people is good, you know, a group of people is good, but they already have something to share in the form of emails. I don't need them to create something for me. Um, right. Uh, um, and then, yes, I did picture that it would be you and other friends. And then I had an idea about finding um, different ages of people, like through Twitter, um, like a very young, uh, like a teenage girl and a teenage boy and different, you know, and an old person. And I mean, the old person I probably wouldn't find through Twitter, but, you know, to see how different (laughs) kinds of people email. Um, and I, in fact, did some extensive searches on Twitter to try and find like, a single young person. Um, yeah, I remember you telling me there was going to be a young girl. Yeah, yeah, and I held on to that even when I decided to have like 
more famous people. I, I thought I would keep that young girl. That actually was quite hard just to find a teenager who like I would search like under like Justin Bieber <laughs> um, and then when I would find someone who I thought was had something they were thinking about beyond Justin Bieber it would always turn out that they were Christian <laughs> right you know which kind of limited it for me um, so anyways that just to show you like how far my head was um really kind of in the content, but in this very specific content that never ended up happening because it really did become about um, inviting artists and writers and as wide a range of kind of professionals uh, and, you know, notable professionals as I could come up with. Um, and that's the point where I asked you, about like some sort of theorist or mathematician and you mentioned your neighbor Lee Smolin yeah um uh so you know and then as I started and I think I pictured all the emails would be kind of like yours <laughs> so just as you were picturing <laughs> that I would be the only reader <laughs> um so, like mine in what way um kind of long and like um, even the boring ones would have a certain something, you know, like, uh, maybe, um, yeah, I didn't ever think that someone would send like a one word email, <laughs> you know, things like that. I just, you know, so there was a certain amount of, um, well, initially a kind of panic, like I need to secretly go in and get everyone to improve upon what they've sent me and then and then as I lived with the emails for a while I became like really fond of each one you know like like even like Kirsten Dunst's one word like Obama mom yeah <laughs> that's her contribution to the Obama one Obama mom and like I mean after you live with Obama mom <laughs> for like a bunch of weeks and have think so many times like what the fuck does that mean does it mean she's trying to remind her mom to vote for Obama like right. is it about Obama's mom you know who right. was in the press um uh then after a while it's like well it is it already has occupied space kind of as a work and you know I I have I, I can't change it. It already exists in my mind. And, um, and that was, I think, just as, as a director, that was kind of interesting for me. I, I never maybe have the time or am forced to do that when I'm directing a movie to just, like, live with what they give me, um, you know, or you do once you're in the editing room. But, you know, on the set, like, they give you something and you're thinking, what? are you insane? That's not what I asked for at all. And then you try to diplomatically get the right response out of them. Um, and I think this way might work too. And that uh, I remember consciously thinking like, this project might make me a better director. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah. It reminds me of what they say that Woody Allen just like chooses the actors he likes. He doesn't even really audition them. He just chooses the actors he likes and then doesn't direct them. And 
Right. They all know what a Woody Allen movie is. I guess that's part of what they have to know going in. Yeah. But I think everybody, maybe not everybody, but most of the people you chose know what a Miranda July project is. Oh, right. So, yeah. So I think, I think that everyone probably did curate their emails to reflect right. that superstructure. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I think that maybe that's true, right? It'd be funny, yeah, if someone else did this project. <laughs> what would you choose? Yeah, what would they be a lot blingier? I don't know. What. But your stuff with Harold Fletcher where you tried to get people, you, where you got people submitting stuff, you didn't have any anxiety about whether they gave you the right or the wrong thing. So why did you have anxiety this time? Well, we actually did and if you if you look at the directions for each of those assignments we got really skillful at making the parameters incredibly narrow like down to saying like you can only use a single color pencil you know like trying to find ways to make them look good you know whatever even if they had like taste that we didn't agree with at all like that we had limited things to such a degree that it you know, which of course didn't always work, but we did sometimes um, rewrite assignments after the first couple of people did them and to tr try and like head off bad interpretations, you know? So this was a lot more, I mean, just, you know, an apology or whoops, I guess, I don't know if this is being shared, but like advice, Barack Obama, like these things are so broad that for me, it was the most wide open I'd ever been and, and trusting and yeah picking the right I didn't it wasn't just open to the public to participate I chose my my actors you know as it were and yeah and trusted them um and now um what is it like now that now that they're being read like what's your experience been like the last three weeks well, every time I get it to my inbox, I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna read this. I'm just, I have like a, a label called "We Think Alone," and I just label it that, and I'm like, I'll read it in, I'll read all these all together in six months. Okay, so it, you're not even reading then, them. No, but then an hour passes and then I read them. <laughs> or three hours right. passes, and I read them. But I sort of stop. I'm not looking on the internet to see what people say about them. Um, I just feel like that, and somebody wanted to interview me about it, and I said no. I feel like my, I deleted my Twitter account. Like, I just <laughs> didn't want, because the first day I didn't, and people kept writing me, and they're like, yours is my favorite, or, you know, they a lot of people said that, but that made me feel really bad. I was like, you're not supposed to read them to judge whose is the best, like, and that made me feel kind of depressed, because, you know, next week mine would be their least favorite. Right. Or, I just thought it was the wrong way of looking at it, like, you don't. I guess you do go into an art gallery and say that painting's my favorite, but that's a really lame way of going into an, yeah. an art. Um, and I just didn't want to have to inter interact with anybody about them. Right. I didn't want to say any. Like somebody wrote me, they're like, so do you have more money in your bank account now? Like in an in interview, and I was like, that's not my, that's not my role. Like the project is, like you say, it's like a sculpture. Right. Like you're not say what, what things are like now it's a moment in time right yeah and I feel like if you're in, if I'm interacting with people about it now then that time capsule element is lost 
Yeah, I yeah, I see exactly what you mean. Yeah, just let it be sculpture. It's, yeah. it's not like a documentary about you, you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um for, do you feel like cuz you talk about it as art and you've been talking in interviews cuz I've been reading the interviews that you're doing about them. You talk about that as email um, emails as art, but do you think emails are art or do you think it's the selection that is the art? Right. Yeah, I don't think emails are art. I just think this isn't this project is a piece of art, you know? Yeah. And yeah. uh and um and and I I do think you could make almost you could say that you know, obviously, as we know about a urinal, you can, you know, you can um, decide things are art. Um, and there is some uh, aspect of it that is kind of asking people to contend with something that is sort of ready-made. It's there in their mailbox um, with all their other emails, asking them to look at that one as, as art. Um, I kind of enjoy that and I guess it's art also to me because it's an experiment it's kind of a performance over time the performance to me involves the the audience and even involves um the the getting of the audience you know like I was pretty conscious about doing press for this project um before it launched so that um you know it wouldn't just be my friends and some people in Stockholm subscribing, you know, um, it, it's seemed... that important to you. Why, why was that important to you getting a lot of, uh, getting a big audience and what, what, what do you think the audience's role is in this project? Right. Um, I know I have to think of a articulate way to put this. Um, I mean, it's, it's partly, I guess for me, it's like I've done a lot of um, things that kind of have no end limit on the internet, like learning to love you more. It existed for seven years and it seemed very appropriate to me that it spread by word of mouth and that the audience, while large for a number of people making art, it was ultimately 10,000 people made things on it. In a way, over seven years, 10,000 is not that many, you know, if you, um, but for this, it seemed like, okay, no, this is going to come and go in, in 20 weeks. Um, and it's something that you kind of want to be in on from the beginning. Um, uh, and it's an event and it's different from other events because anyone in the world who has internet, um, could enjoy it and that's part of the enjoyment of it is is your sense that um you're not um you're the people you're among are different than the people you're among when you go into an art gallery or a museum it's uh it, it could be anyone in any country um i i feel like your experience as a viewer is different if you know that it's a lot of people and you're part of something big that happened in this year at this time that it was ephemeral. You know, it's almost like a, um, 
like a music festival or something, you know, like a huge, the, those enormous music festivals where you're like, oh my God, I'm tripping out because I, it's like a sea of thousands of people and I'm one of them, you know? It's like a very, very lonely version of that. Um, <laughs> uh, but how do people know, so why don't you tell people how many viewers there are? Because when you're at a concert, you have a sense of how many people are around you. But if I am like a regular person, I don't know that there's... Oh, right. How many people have subscribed so far? Um, something like uh, we're around eighty-five thousand. Yeah. So if do, do, so, but people don't have to know that it's that many. Oh right, it's funny. I just haven't thought of that yet. Um, yeah, to be honest, I, <laughs> I, I sort of thought that like because it's so easy to participate, you would just assume it's a lot of people. Although it's true, I've seen on Twitter, and I have not quit Twitter, um, <laughs> although I've limited my access to it. Um, I've seen a fair number of people say, how many people are doing, are any of you other people doing this to their friends, you know, to their followers? Yeah. Um, and I, it's funny, I've been tempted to say the number, you know, to, um, and I haven't, sometimes I've said it in interviews, but um, but I've, I've been modest, I guess. I don't want to be like, you can have a little off. ticker on the site. That's when true. They, up, they know what number they are. Yeah. Maybe that's a good idea. Um, yeah. If it was something built in where I didn't need to announce it. Yeah. That would be kind of a nice thing. Okay. Well, that's part of the, <laughs> we've, approved, we've, we've made an improvement here. <laughs> um, Wait, I had a question connected with that. Right, so do you, so part, So you on your second email said, please do not reproduce this, and you had legal language. Right. Why is it, so why do you not want people to reproduce the emails on the internet? Like, why does that destroy the art in some way? Um, it's funny, it, I actually don't, um, I don't mind people sending them to each other, um, I, I don't mind them quoted from. There's certain ways that I even think reproducing them could be interesting. Um, like on a individual's website, if someone did something interesting with them. Uh, but it, it's a little defeating when um, like a tabloid or a, a major website just reproduces all of them because um, it's a totally different experience reading them on the, a website. They become just like everything else that you read on a website. Um, whereas if you subscribe, you're actually at the source. You know, no one is more at the source than you, you know. Um, you're so used to being given things with someone else kind of managing it and telling you how to feel about it. And this is a different experience from that. It's That's just really the raw. True. That's really true. Yeah, the raw material, and um, so, what's your relationship to the other participants in the project? Well, I feel hostile towards the people that give one sentence or two words. Uh huh. I I don't feel exactly like it's cheating. But I do feel like, like Misha and I have had conversations about how you play games. And the way to play a game is to, is not to subvert the game. Right. It's to play by the 
the game's rules. Right. And and to subvert the game is not to play the game. And I feel like to give a one sentence or one word email consistently, and I don't know if anyone has done that, but I'm starting to suspect that some might, <laughs> I feel is like subverting the game, not playing the game. Right. And I feel like I played the game. Right. You know, and I feel like the game is partly about vulnerability. Yeah. Um, and you can play the game by being defensive. As a participant, I resent that a little. Right, right. Well, that's... I but as an audience, I don't. As an audience, I don't. Right, as okay. As an audience, I find it really fascinating. But speaking as a participant... Right. You're yeah. like, I had to go through this. <laughs> yeah, I, I went to this place. Yeah, well, that makes that makes sense. I keep bringing but it as back. as a viewer, I, I, I find it interesting. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's funny. I see them, well, wow, Sorry. that was weird. <laughs> Sorry, I pushed a button. Yeah, I was looking out the window suddenly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been funny talking to, I was talking to my friend Louise, and she was like, I judge everyone very harshly each week. And the people who give the most win, and the I think the other people are are just brats and bitches, and you know, oh, wow. just, and uh, and it, it was it was funny, um, and she saw that as her role that as a reader that she got to judge everyone very harshly, and that that was part of the enjoyment of it, <laughs> which was kind of unsettling, but. Uh, yeah, I, I like the best, I think. Yeah. Even though I'm not supposed to be doing that judging thing, you can't help it. But it's yeah. still, I didn't want to be on Twitter when people were doing that. But, like, I thought what was nice about him is there's there's so much heart in them. Um, and Wait, you said, you said Kareem's? Yeah. So much heart in them. And I like that he's trying to be a good role model. Like, I find there's something old-fashioned about that. Like, I've been corresponding with this writer Susan Swan who's like 67 years old and she was talking about my book and Ben Lerner's book and she's like you guys are she's so impressed that we don't try to make ourselves heroes yeah. and she's like you just show yourselves warts and all and I was like well that's the age we're living in or something and, you know I had my excuses for it and and what but what I like about Kareem and maybe this is something about athletic culture you know it's not a it is still about present pre- presenting a heroic face rather than the worst possible face. right and I think in rap you're trying to like say how great you are and he's not saying how great he is but he's not making himself look bad whereas my tendency is like well if you're going to reveal yourself you're you have to you're, you have to show your ugliness almost out of modesty yeah yeah or out of just like poli- yeah politeness or yeah you know, i don't know what so i, I, I like his they, they come from a different place yeah yeah, there's a little royalty in in it. Yeah. Yeah. Some dignity. He's dignified. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those. It continues to change. Those ones as the week goes on. The weeks go on. You'll see. Um. I think that's so. This has been a, a half an hour. That's actually okay. good. Yeah. I could um stop recording and we could talk a little bit longer. Unless you have to go. No. Okay. 
This was Chapter Three of the Sound Catalog to the Exhibition "On the Tip of My Tongue" 2013 by Magazine Three, the Contemporary Art Museum in Stockholm. The full sound catalog is collected on magazine3.com and iTunes. The exhibition and sound catalog is curated by Richard Julin and Tessa Prown. The sound catalog is produced by Thomas Reinay and Jens Nielsen. Editorial staff: Liv Stoltz and Nina Everly. Speaker voice: My name is Amon Ray Runninghorse. Magazine Three Colophon. The director of Magazine Three is David Newman and Katja Finkel, his PA. Deputy director and chief curator Richard Julin. Curator Tessa Prown. Communications manager Lisa Bustrem. Assistant curator of collection research Bronwyn Griffith. Assistant curator Nina Everly. Curator program and education Sarah Shellstrom. Substitute curator program and education. Liv Stoltz, Administrative Director Tuve Shalin, Administrator Erica Magnusson, Substitute Administrator Eric Johnson, Chief Technician of the Collection Thomas Nordin, Chief Technician of the Exhibitions Christopher Garney, Technicians Tony Axelson and Peter Wiklund. Magazine Three is an independent cultural institution under the auspices of the privately owned company group Proventus AB.